Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome. My name is Rick. I'm uh, one of the ministers here. Glad to have you here. If you're brand new with us, man, thank you so much for coming and uh, being a part of our service today. May God bless you and your walk, your days. Met someone after first service, become a church here's Navy guy, uh, rescue swimmer guy for uh, two, three weeks. And uh, it's, I always love meeting new people. It just energizes me. And so it, for him, the message, and he's like, man, I, I like coming and I want to keep coming. So, okay, how can we then as a church partner with you in a significant way so that in the few months while you're going to be here in town, you can fulfill everything that the Navy is asking out of you, get new certification, which is going to help you, you know, in your career. And we can partner with you so that at the end of your time here, whenever you're transferred to, in his case, San Diego or Jacksonville, that you can know that your time in, Jackson, in, in, in Pensacola was well spent, that we partnered with you to help you grow closer to God and his purposes for your life. So, if you're in the military and you're only here for a few months, that's our desire. And that is we want to start with you quickly and jump in as deep and as quick as possible so that we can help you fulfill everything that God's calling you to do. If you live here year-round, you were born here, raised here, then we've got a big mission in front of us. And we're trying to equip ourselves as we go into this community and find the pockets of pain in our community and help remedy, you know, those situations. And, and transform people's lives in the name of Jesus. That's why we exist as an organization. So Erica did a great job with the announcements. I do want to encourage you to participate in the 21 Days of Prayer. Starts next Sunday at 6 p.m. And make sure that your push notifications on your phone are all going correctly because we're going to be sending you every day. You'll get the theme that day. You'll get the, a prayer, uh, the big idea, a scripture, a next step. And, uh, and so in the first week, she's exactly right. We're really going to start with ourselves. God, how can you equip me, better prepare me? You know, I want to be cleansed. I want to reach out to you, God, and so that you can bless me as a servant of yours in what it is that you want us to do in this community. And bless our children, our church family, you know, and just all these things around us. And then with each succeeding day, the next week and then the next week, we're expanding that circle and now as we go into our communities, as we go into our neighborhoods, bless our businesses, bless all of the neighborhoods in our, in our you know, in, not only in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze, but as far as Katoma and Molino, you know, and Beulah and, and Milton and Pace and all the surrounding area. God, extend our influence and put top of heart and mind to us this opportunity that you have in front of us that we can really change people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you're online, thank you for being for joining us today. We have people who are at home and they can't be with us. They've joined us online. People all over the place. We have some people up in Canada. Thank you for joining us online. May God bless you. So today we've been finishing up this series called Running with the Giants. Now for those of you who've been here for several weeks of it, have you enjoyed the series? Has it been good for you? Have you enjoyed meeting some of these great people? I just really enjoyed just, and, and Taryn, you know, as we've been preparing the lessons and bringing out all these different Bible characters and, and letting them come and just share their story with you. Man, I really enjoyed it. Today is our last one, and we've, we, we've asked to come join us today, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it comes from this big idea in at Hebrews. In chapter 12, verse 1, he says, therefore, now, therefore is this little conjunction word that connects what he said previously to what he's going to say. 
And what he said previously in chapter 11 was because we have all these great heroes of faith. In chapter 11, are these people really trusted God even when they couldn't predict what was going to happen to them. And so by faith, Abraham made decisions. By faith, Moses. By faith, Rahab and Deborah. And, and, and by faith, Mary and David and Samson and Gideon. By faith, all these great men and women in their time, in their moment on earth, when God called them to do something significant, they said yes. And because of that, the purposes of God were accomplished in their lifetime. And so there are two things that we, we talk about in chapter 11. One, that people said yes to God. When God came and said, I would love for you to join me and do this. They said yes. And number two, God was faithful to keep his promises. That even when they couldn't understand what was going on, even when they couldn't see it, even when they thought it was a bigger task than they could accomplish, they still said yes, and God was faithful to them. And he receives the glory and the praise, and the kingdom of God expanded. Therefore, because so many people said yes, therefore, because faith exists and there are people who are accepting what it is that God wants them to do in their life, therefore, because God is faithful in keeping His promises, therefore, let me remind you, you've got this huge crowd of witnesses in heaven, and they're all applauding and cheering you on. And so sometimes people say, well, what are people doing up in heaven? Well, they're all sitting around the throne of God singing worship songs. Well, I think that's going to be fun, but that's not all they're doing. Hebrews 12 says they may have one eye on God, but their other eye is on you. And they're watching you, people who know you and love you, who are already at home with God. They're celebrating and cheering your name. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep on. It's worth it. For the length of time that you have on earth, you may endure hard times. It may be a struggle saying no to what's wrong and yes to what's right. But do it. Whatever you have to do, don't miss heaven. And this crowd of witnesses are like, so whatever you have to do, throw off all that stuff that gets you all tangled up, sin that trips you up, and run with endurance the race set before you. And each of us has a race. God has marked out a plan. He's marked out a path. He's marked out something that He wants you to do. And that's in front of you today. And so... The last lesson of the series, we've asked Mary to come and join us. And so instead of just being part of the cheering crowd so that all we hear is the noise, Mary's going to walk in and I'm just asking her, okay, Mary, what was it like to be a young teenage girl and the angel of the Lord came to you and asked you to do something big? What was that like? And I think Mary would start off saying, okay, so when God, when God asks you to do something out of your comfort zone, has God ever asked you to do something out of your comfort zone? Anybody besides me? Anyone? Yeah. When he asks you to do something outside of your comfort zone, because oftentimes we're like, oh, I can't do that. I, I, it's, I'd be too hard for me. I've never done that before. I'm not equipped. I didn't go to school to learn how to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not, the, I, don't let me get up in public. I can't speak. Or don't let me do something in private because I might mess up. Or it doesn't, almost it doesn't matter what it is if it's outside of your comfort zone. And it happens in two ways. 
For some of us, it's God's calling us to pick up something new and to do something big. Will you join me to do something big? Will you say yes to something that overwhelms you on your own strength, but if God were to partner with you, you might do something significant? And so for some of us, what's God asking you to pick up? What is he asking you to do? It it, it may be at school. He's asking you to take a stand for him when everybody else wants to do something different. It may be something at work or in your neighborhood or in your home. But, but it's something to pick up. For others of us, the task that seems overwhelming is to stop doing something that's wrong. I know for a long time now you've been doing this, and I'm asking you to leave it. I'm asking you to stop. I know you haven't been caught yet, but I'm asking you to quit before you are. God's not wanting to punish you. He's wanting to save you. And sometimes, to save us, he has to expose. Right? So, for some of us, it's not that God's asking us to necessarily do something great. He's asking us to stop doing something that's a bad habit, a poor habit, a vice, a, a, something that's, that has taken hold of us and won't let go. And we have to choose. I've got to say no to my addiction. I've got to say no to my fear. I've got to put off this stuff that's kept me from just faithfully stepping out. And I'm scared. I'm scared if I do it, you'll stop loving me. I'm scared if I'll do it, you'll judge me. I'm scared if I'll do it, I won't have the strength to follow through. If I stop doing all of this... I don't know what I would do next. So in two ways, however you're looking at it, I think one of the first things Mary would say is, okay, if God, when God comes and asks you to do something that's out of your comfort zone, don't miss your moment with God. Don't miss your, right, you're in a God moment right now. Because I, I believe that even as I'm speaking, more than just a message, this is not really a sermon. This is, this, we're just talking as a family, Right? Do you, do you hear the whisper of God inside you asking you to do something? I mean, is there something as I speak that he's just saying inside your heart, inside your mind? Maybe the person you're sitting next to has no clue. And he's asking you, you need to stop doing that before it destroys you or hurts the people you love. Or maybe he's saying, okay, it's... I'm asking you to start doing something that you've been saying no to, right? Don't miss your, right now is is your God moment. So Mary comes in and as we begin to talk with Mary, we're like, Mary, can you just share with us what it was like as a teenage girl? And God asked you to do something overwhelming. She's like, oh, God moments. You want to talk about God moments this morning? I'll share with you my God moment, and I, and I want to challenge inside you, but I want to tell you, whenever God comes and He begins to share with you, and He begins to open up, first of all, don't miss the moment. But I think the first thing she would say to us is, man, God moments are often seem impossible. I mean, it's just, He came to me with a God moment, and when He first told me 
what it was that he wanted me to do, it overwhelmed me. In fact, let's read about it. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. The angel of the Lord went to marry this young teenager. She could have been as young as 14 or 15 years old. We know she was a teenager. And listen to what he said, Mary. The angel of the Lord's telling her, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Can you imagine being a young teenager and God saying, okay, you're pregnant. He will be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. Wow. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Wow. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. And here's her response. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin. I, 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 uh, um, I've never been with a man. How can I be pregnant? That that's, 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 I've made an A in biology. And that's impossible, right? It's impossible, right? And so God may come to you and he may ask you to do something. And she would just say, he came to me and this is what he said. And I can't make sense of it in my head. It's impossible. That's impossible. And you know what's even more impossible? You're asking me to go public and tell people that I'm pregnant. Do you know what I'm going to have to endure if I do that? My life as I now know it is over. I mean, imagine what my parents are going to say when I go to them and say, Mom and Dad, I have, some, I have something I have to tell you. I was abducted by an alien and went up into a spaceship. And when I came back, and I'm now pregnant. I mean, that's what it would have sounded like, right? I mean, we have people today who will say, oh, boy, I was out near Area 51 and I was, and now I've got this microchip in my ankle. And they're watching everything I do and i got an alien baby, right? And so we would listen to... Mary's like, imagine, I'm not saying I was one in a million. I'm not even saying I'm one in a billion. I'm saying I'm the only one who has ever lived, the only woman ever to get pregnant and blame it on God and say, I've never been with a man, but I'm pregnant. God did it. How do you think that sounded to her parents? She's like, you want to know what was even just as bad? I had to go tell Joseph. We were in a relationship. We had never, we always honored the things of God. We have never physically been together. God bless them. And I had to tell Joseph, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And his response was, do you know what his response was? Biblically, we have his response. Do you know what he said biblically? Somebody remember his response? I'm going to put her away quietly. 
He didn't believe her. But why would he have to put her away quietly? What did the law say was going to be done to a teenage girl who came up pregnant outside of being married? She's like, you, Lord, you don't know what you're asking. You're asking me to say something that people are going to believe is a lie. And the law said very clearly, you stone a girl like that to death. That's what I'm facing. And Joseph is going to say, well, I didn't do it. <laughs> have you been on Facebook again? What are you doing? Who have you met? What have you, what's going on? Right? Im- impossible. Impossible. Here, here's, here's a statement for you that, that you need. Miracles happen when our willingness to trust God intersects with God's plan. Mary had to make a choice. She had to make a decision. What am I going to do with this? And it seems impossible. In Mark chapter 10, verse 27, the Bible says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. It's like whatever you're facing, whatever it is that you're looking at, you may think, that man, it is impossible. I can't get there from here. I can't take this burden. I can't carry this message. I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. And God's like, how is that possible? Well, with you, it's not. But with God, everything is possible. What is he asking you to do? I don't know that I can give it up. It's possible. You need to make the decision. And I know it may seem impossible, but can you do it? Will you do it? Well, I can't do it on my own. I know. But God has a plan for your life. And if you'll just trust Him, miracles can happen when you believe in God and He has a plan for your life. So Mary is like, first thing is you need to know what He was asking me was impossible. And nobody wanted to believe it. But I said, Yes, anyway, which is number two on your outline. When God moments come, just say yes. Just say yes. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I guess you could have said no. She could have said it's too big. I, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to. Maybe she could have said no. God always presents the choice to you. I have set before you life and death. Choose life. And she said yes. She knew it wasn't going to be an easy path. Do you think her path was easy? You know the whole story. You know what happened in her life. You know what happened to her son. That was not an easy path. But she said yes. She's, and sometimes yes is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to say. And, it may be, and it, sometimes it seems like it's such a big step. I don't know how I'm going to get from here to there. So at some point, our hope has to be bigger than our questions or our fears, or whatever reason is that keeps us from saying yes to God. Because I know in your mind, you know what God's calling you to do. Leave something behind that you don't need in your life anyway. 
or saying yes to something that God's wanting to do. One of those two things, or maybe both. And he's asking, will you trust me? Will you say yes? Will you let me do something bigger than your questions or your doubts or your fear? This is the, a, a really big one for me. And, and it's something that I'm really struggling with. And I'm going to tell you why I'm struggling with it. And, I, you know, I, I feel like I talk about Jessie Howell way too much. She and her husband, Taryn, are ministers here. And how many children do Taryn and Jessie have? 93, 50? Do I hear 62? Do I hear? We don't really know because they're just fantastic and they have their own children and then they've adopted some children and then uh, they're fostering children and every week the number changes. Okay? So if you're visiting with us, your guest with us, you need to meet these people. So I feel like I talk to them uh, and about them way too much just by getting to see them every day and watch and interact and all that kind of stuff. But listen, for those of you who are participating and doing a whole lot, man, God's using you and blessing you just as much. It's just that there's this one thing that she's done that just challenges me. And so we were in my office one day and we were just having this conversation. And she's like, there's so many hurting children that are abandoned, abused, or, or left behind. And they can't find places for them. There are not enough homes in our community to take care of these children. And it breaks my heart. I can't stand it. So she said this. I've made a decision. I am not going to say no again. You just need to let, you just need to let this... You just need to hear this. I'm not going to say no again. So I offered up this prayer. And my prayer is this, God, this is too much a part of my heart. I can't stand when any child is hurting. So if ever I receive a phone call, if ever somebody asks me to take a child, I will always say yes. And I'm expecting you to remove all of the no's before they get to me. If I should say no, I'm asking you to take care of that. Pause. Could you offer such a prayer and follow through with it? Whatever you're asking me to do, my answer is already yes. And I'm just expecting that you'll take care of me even if it seems bigger than... Jesse, <laughs> how big is your house? Uh, not that big. How many bathrooms do you have to take care of? Oh, not that one, maybe two. How many beds? So in first service, I was in the middle of just... Now listen, I didn't prepare to say this even in first service. I did prepare to say it this service. And so Erica and her husband Jesse was sitting down front. And I said, hey, Jesse... Would you do me a favor? Would you go find Jesse Howell? Hey, Jesse, go find Jesse. That sounds weird. And, and I want you to go ask her one question. How is this working out for you? Right? Just go say, hey, Rick is talking about how you decided never to say no. And I just want to know, how is it working? And so he did. So he went to the back. Security stopped him. God bless our security team for keeping our children safe. Wouldn't let him back. I know where Jessie is. I'll call her. She answered the phone, got on the phone, 
Jesse, Rick is in there talking about how you said that you're always going to say yes, you're not going to say no ever again. And he just wants to know because he wants to communicate to the people, how is this working out for you? And what do you think she said? (laughs) She didn't say, great, that would have been a lie. Because it's not easy. Saying yes to God is not easy. Anybody want to contradict that? Anybody? Huh? (laughs) But she did say this. God is so faithful. And it always works out. Rick, you know what that means. Right? And that was the answer. God is faithful. It always works out. Rick, you know what that means. And what that means is it's not easy. We don't have enough bathrooms. We don't have enough bedrooms. There are not enough homes to take care of the need. But many of you end up saying yes because Jesse said yes. God has put on a bunch of your hearts. If she says yes, just count me in. And so a bunch of you have kids in your homes because Jesse said yes. Is there an amen? <laughs> yeah, there's and there's amens all over. Some, in fact, I see some people smiling at me right now because they probably have people, children in their home right now because Jesse said yes. Aren't you blessed because of it? So here's the deal. I'm just declaring it. I don't even know. I'm just saying it. This is what I believe we're going to see. Are you Are you listening? This is what I, This is what I. This is what I believe. You will watch God deliver them a bigger house. Not because they want a bigger house. They're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're trying to say yes. And if they need a bigger house, God will provide it. You watch. You watch. He already did it with a vehicle. They used to drive two vehicles. Hey, let's go out to eat. It'd take two vehicles to get all their family where they wanted to go. But your generosity was provided something different for them. And I'm just going to celebrate it. They may not want a bigger house. They may not want more children. But they won't say no. And I'm telling you, that just challenges me. I've stopped preaching. I've stopped my outline. I'm just talking to you right now. Why is it that it's so easy for us to tell God no when what He's calling us to do is so big? We're here on this earth for such a short amount of time. And this message from Mary is God's going to come to you and He's going to ask you to do something overwhelming. It's going to seem impossible. Say yes anyway and trust Him. He's got a plan for your life. Say yes. Teenagers, I'm asking you right now, say yes. More than anything else, say yes. And watch what he does. And then number three, your God moment will open up the door for God's best in your life. I love this verse of Scripture, Luke 1, 42. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, this is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, Mary went to stay with Elizabeth. You know why Mary went to stay with Elizabeth? Because in her hometown, everywhere she went, it was horrible. People were laughing and making fun. 
Not believing her? Oh, sure. Right, Mary. <laughs> Whatever. And so she just got out of town. And she traveled over, and she actually stayed with Elizabeth for three months. And as soon as she got to Elizabeth's door, she opened up the door and look at what Elizabeth said to Mary. In a loud voice, man, I just love that. I just love it that God delivered this bold, powerful, positive message to Mary. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I'm so proud of you. You said yes to God. The whole world's going to be blessed because of you. She got away from all the negative talk. She got away from all of the people who were looking down at her, who didn't believe in her. And she went and she found, and God was already doing something amazing in Elizabeth. And together they just celebrated God. You're blessed. You're so blessed. You're so blessed. Man, you need to be around people who will encourage you. You need to be around people who are going to lift you up in the Lord. God wants to do amazing things in you. And God has a blessing waiting for us on the other side of our obedience. And you've got to know it. On the front side, He's asking you, will you do this for me? Will you join me? Will you participate? Will you help me? And you can say no. But God's like, say, say yes. And you're like, God, it's too big. It seems impossible. I know. Say yes anyway. And when you do, you'll live your best life. Blessing will come to you and then get around people who are going to encourage you to do the things of God. You can go anywhere and get a message to abandon God. And too many of us are listening to that message too often. And we're scared to take a stand in our school. And we're scared to take a stand at work. And we're scared to take a stand in our community. We're scared to cross lines and bridges. My goodness, when are we going to just open our eyes and say yes to the things of God, knowing that our best is in front of us if we'll just be obedient. John chapter 2, verse 5. Jesus' mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, this just fast forward 30 years. So now here's Mary, and here's Jesus, and he's asking people to do something, and they're like looking at her, and she's like, look, I, I gave birth to him. I've been with him for 30 years. I've already come to trust him. Whatever he asks you to do, just do it. If, if Jesus comes and asks you to do something, and you think it's impossible, it doesn't really matter. Just do it. Just say yes. Nothing's impossible with him. He can, you can do all things. Through him who strengthens you. Just do it. Just do it. And if Mary were here today, she'd say, what was in front of me was, was unbelievable. They were talking about stoning me. Joseph was talking about leaving me. My parents talked about how they didn't believe me. I had to get out of town for three months. But I did it. And you can too. Mary, before you go back to heaven, just will you share with us anything else that's going to help us as we say yes to God? Yes. Yes. Number one, stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Worship His holy name. Carve out more time for Him. Participate in the 21 days of prayer. Now, for me, 
there's some things. Now, so we, we pray and fast in January. And then in August, we spend 21 days in prayer. And, and fasting is optional. But this is what I want you to listen to. There are things that we crowd into our life. And next thing you know, we're not spending time with God at all. We're playing, you know, on video games and the latest Madden whatever. And we're play, we're, when we want to get to the next level. And we spend hours doing that. We spend hours reading these fake romance novels. And we're like, oh, man, I love those books. So if we would spend half the time in the Word of God, it would transform our lives. The Bible, when we say, hey, you need to read your Bible, we don't read it like we read a regular novel or a regular book. It's not like I start on page one and go to the end and say, ooh, that was a good book, and put it on my shelf and go to the next one. The Word of God is active and alive. The, the goal is to memorize the Word of God. The goal is to spend so much time because it just keeps feeding us life. And so stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Whatever you do, if you want to fulfill God's purposes, stay connected. Luke 2, 18. And all who heard the shepherds, they were astonished, and Mary kept these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Mary's like, it never left my mind what I was doing, who I was, what God was calling me to do. It, ne it, it has never left me, and it, and it never did. And she stayed connected to God. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 15, and this comes out of the message. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. But separated, you can't produce a thing. For those of you, I memorized it in the King James Version. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Jesus is like, abide with me. We don't abide enough these days. Just to sit, turn the TV off, get off the media stuff, and just sit and talk and be with each other. And God's like, I'm knocking at your door. Just be with it. So stay connected to God because he wants to do something amazing in you. The next thing I think Mary would say, number two, stay connected to your purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose God has purposed in your life. There's something that he wants you to do, wild and precious. And don't let life talk you out of it. Don't run away from it. Don't fill your life with so much television and so much junk that you weed out the purpose of God. Luke 2, 34, And Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is, look at this word, destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. This purpose in his life is not going to be easy. Mary, it's not going to be easy for you as the mother. It's not going to be easy for him. But his life has a purpose. It has a destiny. And so does yours. Didn't Jeremiah predict out of all of us that God has a plan for your life? Plans for your success and not your failure? Aren't I getting that right? Didn't the prophet tell you? You know, didn't the psalmist tell you God numbered all your days, numbered the hairs on your head, ordained your walk so that you would walk in it all the days of your life? Didn't he tell us that? Do you believe it? What is distracting you from the purposes of God? What are you giving your life to more 
than what God is calling you to do. Mary would say, whatever it is, get rid of it. Get rid of all that stuff that keeps you from fulfilling the the promise of God because you don't want to miss heaven. Number three, stay connected to the people who encourage you. She could have gone anywhere and got discouragement. Man, can you imagine, you know, if she were alive today and that would have made the news, what people would be saying? What they, what, I mean, just imagine. But she just got away from all of that. She went and stayed with Elizabeth for three months and stayed around positive people, stayed around the purpose of God, stay around people who will encourage you. Hebrews 10, 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then finally, stay connected to the bigger picture. This is the, the one that's the most emotional to me. And I think this is one of the ones that even might be most emotional to Mary. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, if she were here and I were to ask her, what was that like? What was it like having to tell people you were pregnant and to believe something that seemed impossible? What was it like when he was a baby? What was it like raising him? What was it like when he, you know, was, his dad was a carpenter, when he smashed his thumb? <laughs> or when he cried and came to you for help? What was it like when you put bandages on his knee? What was it like when he prayed? What was it like watching him when people spit on his face and laughed at him and made fun of him? What was it like when they carried him away to be beaten? When they called him a liar and nailed him to a cross? The Bible said that he was beaten beyond recognition. People couldn't tell who he was. But she knew. And she watched him suffer. And people yelling, crucify him, crucify him. He's a liar. And there he is hanging on a cross. And she's standing at the foot of the cross looking up at her son. And she's standing there with her small group. And they're all supporting her and hugging her. And the Bible says it this way, John 19, verse 25. Jesus' mother, his aunt, the Mary, the wife of Cleopas, Mary Magdalene, they stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved. That's John. He's the one writing the story. And so he said, I'm standing there with her too. And he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. And then he said to me, here is your mom. And from that moment, I accepted her as my mother. So Jesus is looking at his mom and he's like, mom, I got to go do something. This is where you and I have to stop. You can't go with me. Because I've got to take on the sins of the world. I've got to go redeem mankind. I've got to go face death and conquer that enemy. Thank you 
for what you did for me. But this part I have to do on my own. So, John will be your son now. And John, would you do me a favor? Would you take care of my mom? And he went and fulfilled his purpose to die for you so that you could have eternal life. And as Mary is just sharing with us that journey and that struggle, what it was like to have her own abuse and ridicule, and then what it was like to stand strongly with her son who endured so much to be your Savior, she would say, it is not easy following God. But it's the best thing you'll ever do. And Jesus, my son, loved you so much. He gave it all. So that you could have the opportunity to say yes to what he wants to do with your one wild and precious life. Say yes. It's worth it.